Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. I've preached this uh, same scripture several times. And you know, I always seem to get a little more out of it. Each time I go back and look over it, uh, it's always been an important one to me. I hope that that you'll receive a blessing out of it today. Now, I said I've preached the same scripture, not the same sermon. So (laughs) don't think I'm uh, just uh, rereading my old notes or something. Uh, I always look for something fresh from God in everything I do. 59, chapter 59, verse 19 of Isaiah. <clears throat> so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And that's where I want to really focus today is that last part. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. I look around at the world today, and you can see that the enemy has truly came in like a flood. Uh, When I think about this scripture, there's a few different things I think about, but that particular phrase... The enemy come in like a flood. You, you obviously can't help but think about a flood, right? Because that's the word they use. But what I think about is when a, a levee breaks or something like that. And all of a sudden, all this water comes rushing into a place that before had been protected. <clears throat> in the midst of a flood, there's sometimes just nothing you can do to hold it back. And you, you see people standing out there, man, they're making sandbags and throwing them on and the water's just still coming in, right? Eventually, if they build a big enough wall, they can at least redirect the flood, right? You can't stop it, but you can redirect it. So that's what I think about when I hear that word flood and how the enemy would come in like a flood. And I look around today and I see I see it in everything. If you don't look, you'll miss it. But it's there. It's in advertising. It's in TV. It's uh, in the things that they try to teach our kids in school. It's everywhere. The enemy has come in like a flood. He's, he's come in to just overwhelm us, right? That's the, that's the whole objective when you're in war. is to overwhelm your enemy. Just just devastate them to the point where they either can't fight or don't want to fight. If you remove somebody's motivation for fighting, doesn't matter how strong they are anymore. You you just you, you need to just decimate their attitude, right? If you take away that driving force, even if they try to fight, they won't have the same zeal. They won't have the same energy behind it. And, Eventually, they'll just be beaten. So that's what he wants to do. He wants to just bombard us from all angles, all sides. But there's hope. And that's what I want to give you today is some hope. I want you to see that last part 
It says, but when the enemy does that, what happens? The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And I've preached this part a few times. I want to remind everyone of the real um, uh, picture of what that means, okay? I want you to really understand the terminology they're using. A standard was what? It's a flag. And you know, it's, it's pretty neat how this corresponds to standards, moral standards in our life, okay? But a flag that was held up in, and it led the troops in battle. Okay, at this, at that point in time when that kind of thing was used, they didn't have walkie talkies to communicate with each other. They didn't have radar and, and uh, satellite imagery and all, they didn't have that kind of stuff. When, when there was a battle, the people involved in the battle, guess where they were? On the battlefield. Looking at their enemy across the field. So, there had to be some way that, that, that battle could be orchestrated. Let's face it, when you've got thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, you can't just holler and say, hey guys, let's go this way. It'll be drowned out, right? But they could raise this standard. There was a guy called a standard bearer because he carried the flag. He could raise it up. And wherever he began to walk, the direction he went was the direction that all the troops followed. And you know, sometimes in battle, you become disoriented. But they could always look up and say, where is the standard? It's over there. That's the direction we need to be heading. And they could just stay with that. And what would happen sometimes is the standard bearer might get killed. Somebody else would become the standard bearer. They would lift that standard high so everybody could see because as long as it's in the air, everyone around them can see where the battle needs to go, right? That was the objective. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just a, a flag that, oh, this is our team. It was used as a guide. It was also a morale thing. As they would look and see that standard still standing in the air, they would say, okay, we're still doing good. But when the standard wasn't around, number one, it incited confusion because nobody knew what to do. But then it was a, it would drop their morale because they'd look up and they would say, are we being beaten? As long as that standard was in the air, they knew there was hope, right? Now I want you to apply this to your life today. Listen to me, people. Listen, the enemies come in like a flood. You may look around and say, well, why ain't the Spirit of the Lord doing something about it? Where is the Spirit of the Lord today? He's in you. That's what my Word tells me. He dwells within me. Right? So, you say, well, ain't there a standard being lifted up? Well, listen, it's you. You can be the standard bearer. If there's not a standard being lifted high, if the battle is, is, if you're failing in battle, you look around and nobody around you knows what to do, maybe you ought to lift a standard. Raise the standard to get some people to follow you for a while. Listen, a church, this is, this is the age. This is the time when the enemy has already come in like a flood. We're not standing there waiting for the levee to break. 
He has already come in. He attacks us on every side. He attacks our families. He attacks our children. He attacks us in every way, shape, and form you can imagine. We have got to raise a standard. Now, I told you that it's neat how it correlates with moral standards. You see, when you raise the standard in your home, how many of y'all as parents have ever said, I don't care what they do, we're not going to do that here. Have y'all ever had to say that to your kids? Because your kids will say, your kids will say, well, everybody else gets to go, why can't I go? And you say, I don't care about everybody else. We're not going to do that. Now, why do you do something like that? Because you're expecting more out of your kids than what the world expects from theirs. Right? You're trying to hold them to a higher standard. When the battle is on, they need something to look to. Otherwise, they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They wander aimlessly around the battlefield getting beaten. But when we raise a standard in our home, in our family, we say, no, we're not going to do that. This is the direction we're going to go. You've just raised a standard for your family, for your kids. You've given them something to look to. A reason to fight even. Listen, your kids may not understand that right off. But I guarantee you as they get older... They'll start to remember. Because see, they're going to get out into the world one day and they're going to see all sorts of just sinful, unnatural, ungodly behavior. And they're going to say, man, how come I didn't ever see this kind of stuff when I was a kid? How come, how come my family never had problems like that? How come there wasn't all this chaos and turmoil in my home? And they're going to remember, my parents held me to a higher standard. My parents made sure there were holy values in place in my teaching, my upbringing. That shielded me from a lot of things that other kids didn't get shielded from. It's a fight, people. It's a fight. We're the standard bearers. Not only in our homes, but in this world. I want to point out to you that someone has to raise a standard before anyone will follow. Someone has to raise a standard. There has to be a a point that they can look to before anybody's going to follow it. You say, well, I don't seem to have any kind of impact on any of the people around me. Maybe you need to kick it up a notch. Maybe you need to look at yourself a little bit. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, you should be having an impact on somebody. If you have no impact, that means you're not there. It means you don't exist. You can't not impact somebody, whether it's positive or negative. If you look around and you say, nobody seems to care about anything I say, maybe you ought to say more. Maybe you need to look at what you're saying. You see, you have to raise a standard. It's not going to just happen by itself. You have to mentally, physically, spiritually pick that standard up and raise it. 
And then when you begin to walk, guess what? People are going to look to you and they're going to, they're going to follow. I know this all sounds kind of like an analogy today. I'm not trying to just tell you cute stories. Okay? There's a purpose behind this. I feel like it's my duty to remind you on a regular basis that you are in battle. There is a war going on. You can. There, there's many people here today that I guarantee you, if you ask them on a, on, about their personal life, you would see evidence of battle going on all the time. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The thing he wants most of all is to just destroy your family. He wants to rip it to shreds. He wants to tear it apart. He wants to do that to our church family. He wants to divide us any way we can because He knows if He can ever get your eye off of the standard, get your eye off of that high value, He can divert you into different directions. He can destroy your force. There's a movie, and I almost hate to even reference it because it's kind of a, I don't know, it's rated R, has quite a bit of language, a lot of blood, but there's a, a, a neat principle in it. It's called 300. How many of y'all have seen it? You just told off on yourself, didn't you? <laughs> it's about the Trojan armies and how they are going to fight there's a, it's an old story, the mighty 300, and how they held off the Persian army in this little, I wouldn't even call it a valley. It's more of a, a break in the rock where you could get through this mountain. But what they would do is they formed, um, I can't remember the term they use now, the formation they used was kind of a wedge. And they would overlap each other. They would have a shield on one hand, and that covered part of the other guy. They had the sword in the other hand. They would never take a step back. They would strike with their spear and advance. Strike with their spear and advance. And they just kept doing that, and they were almost unstoppable. It didn't matter what came at them. The guys could come riding in with horses. They could all huddle in with those shields. The guy, they couldn't touch them. They supported each other. And because of that, they were so strong, they could just dominate. You say, well, what does that matter? You see, because of their unity because of their like-mindedness, because of their training that was just above anything you could imagine. They were all trained exactly the same way. They all knew exactly their position and what they were supposed to do in that position. And because of that unity, they were a force that just you, you couldn't stop. You couldn't divide them, okay? See, if somebody ever dropped their shield and they were able to kill that guy, there became a hole. 
And if somebody didn't quickly step up and take that spot, that hole would then begin to widen. And before you know it, that formation is decimated. It's unity, see? Unity is the thing. Satan knows that. Satan, when he comes in like a flood, he comes in like a flood because he wants to hit everything he can to hopefully open up a hole. If he ever opens a hole, he begins to drive a wedge. Now listen, this could be your family. This could be your church family. This could be your your community. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He wants to destroy everything. And you say, well, there's people out there that, that don't serve God. They don't seem to be touched. You know why? He's already got them. He doesn't need to hit them any harder. They're already taken. He's not against people on His own side. He's against those that are against Him. And He's going to do everything He can to tear down those that are strong. There has to be a standard bearer, right? The strong one. The one that's willing to raise those standards in their life. The one that's willing to stand up for something that they believe in. If there's not going to be one, nobody will follow them. Nobody, everybody's going to be standing around wondering, what should we do? What should we do? Somebody has to lift that standard up. Listen, church. This is the day... This is the age of the church. It's not God's responsibility. We can't sit around waiting on Him to somehow come through. Listen, He's already provided everything we need. He, he said, here man, here's all the weapons you could ever possibly need. Here's the, all the defense you could ever possibly need. All you've got to do is raise that standard and watch what begins to happen. Does that mean it's easy? No. It ain't easy. If it was easy, everybody would raise a standard. If it was easy, this world wouldn't have any problems. But that's how you know the battle's worth fighting. When it's hard. That's not what this world teaches today. This world teaches that if it's, if it's that hard, maybe it's not worth fighting for. No, that's not right. You see, there's certain things that, that go beyond what this world conceives. Certain things that go beyond what this world understands. Church, this is our time to raise a standard in our life. Look at your family. Are you happy with where it is? Look at your kids. Are, are you totally satisfied with where they are in life? You shouldn't be. I don't care if you've got the most perfect little kid you've ever seen. I guarantee you they can be better. I guarantee you that there will come a time when they're going to need those standards in their life to look to. There's going to come a time when, when my kids get old enough, they're going to look back and they're going to, they're going to have conviction in their heart because they did something that they know me and mama wouldn't approve of. There's going to come a time. They're going to hear a song, or they're going to be at a party, or they're going to be somewhere, and they're going to be doing something that they just know in their heart. It, it didn't even have to be because I told them, don't do that specific thing. 
there's going to be conviction because I held a higher standard. And they're going to say, no, this didn't match up. You see, when you have a standard to look at, you can compare where you are in relation to that standard. And you know whether you're on the right path or not. The church has to raise a standard for its people. The church has to raise a standard for the community. If we don't, who is? See, this is a personal talk today and this is a a more global, broad stroke. Christians today in general need to be raising the standard. That's our calling. That's our responsibility. We can't look to the world for that. It's our duty. It's real easy in our Christian life to follow. And there ain't nothing wrong with following. I follow God. I try to do what His will is. I, I want to follow Him and everything, right? There's nothing wrong with following. But you can't be too complacent as a follower. It, it's time that we quit being just followers. It's time that we be standard bearers. 